Hello and welcome to the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, where I take you on the behind-the-scenes journey of my adventures as an indie author. I'm your host, Sagan Morrow, and I am an eight-time polyamorous rom-com author, plus I've also written several business books for solopreneurs. Last week was book release day for my latest romance novel, Small Town Stilettos, A Modern Marriage of Convenience. So in my previous episode here on the Indie Author Weekly Podcast, I shared with you a few of the glowing reviews that this novel has received so far from readers. Now, of course, not all of the reviews have been positive, and that's okay. Not every book is going to be enjoyed by every person. I think that all reviews, any reviews are great. I really encourage you to write reviews of books, even if you don't, even if they don't work for you, even if you don't really like them, you can still explain what it was about a particular book that you didn't like, and that can help other readers determine whether the book will be a good fit for them or not. Reviews are always for readers. Now, that being said, there has been an interesting comment that multiple reviewers have made about Small Town Stilettos. And what they've been saying is that they do not like how selfish the main character, Margaret, is. I am fascinated by this comment, and I kind of love it. I kind of love that people are talking about, you know, oh, Margaret's so selfish. Like, I don't really like how, you know, like, she's she's too selfish and that type of thing. I don't really like that. I, I, kind, of, I kind of love the fact that people are saying this because it really begs the question, what makes a person selfish? How do we determine whether a person is selfish or not? And why are we put off by a character who puts their own self-interest first? Why is that such a bad thing? Why do we dislike that? Why do we not like it when women put themselves first? Here's the thing that I find about writing selfish women they actually aren't that selfish. They are simply clear and upfront about what they want. And I admire that about them. They aren't bad people for wanting what they want, for expressing what they want. There's also often a reason for the selfishness. So for example, in Small Town Stilettos, Margaret loses the only two parental figures, the only family that she has ever had. She's an only child without family. She appreciates her independence and she's had to look out for other people. She's also had to grieve alone. That is a lot to put on a single person. So let's do a quick recap about Margaret's situation, shall we? Just so that you can have a little bit of background information here. So Margaret was the only child of a single parent and her mother was bullied so badly that they moved cities when Margaret was a preteen. In the novel, in Small Town Stilettos, Margaret mentions how she tried really hard to prove to her mom that they could have a great life for themselves, just the two of them. She did this as a kid. That's a lot to put on a kid, right? Like that is a lot for a kid to be able to see is even happening and to then try really hard to prove something like that to her mom, to be there for her mom, to basically start sort of parenting herself in some ways. So that's one aspect. And then her mom dies when Margaret is in her late 20s. When the novel starts, 
Margaret's only other family, her only other parental figure, her great aunt Eleanor, has recently passed away within just a few weeks before the novel starts. And so Margaret is returning to the small town that she and her mom had escaped from so that Margaret can deal with her aunt's estate. She's the executor of her aunt's will, just like she had to deal with everything when her mother passed. So not only is this bringing up a lot of feelings of grief and loss about her mother, but she's also grieving her aunt Eleanor. And it's also bringing up a lot of bad memories from when she was a kid and she was leaving this town where her mom had been bullied. So there is a lot happening for Margaret at this time. Then Margaret finds out that she needs to marry her childhood sweetheart in order to access her inheritance. And Margaret does not want to get married. She has zero interest in getting married. And now she's kind of being forced into it because she wants to use the money to create an accessible and sustainable fashion line. Throughout the novel and you know, throughout her entire life, Margaret is very clear about how she is polyamorous. She doesn't like monogamy. She is child-free. She does not want children. And she, you know, she explains this. She explains what she wants. And despite all of this, she is perceived by some readers as being selfish because she doesn't want to be monogamous because she's so upfront and frank about what she wants. It's very, very interesting. And by the way, if you're intrigued by all of this, if you want to read Margaret's story, you can grab your copy of Small Town Stilettos, A Modern Marriage of Convenience on Amazon or visit saganmorrow.com books. Links are in the show notes. Now, there is also a very interesting double standard that happens here because Logan, the man that she needs to marry to access her inheritance, he is basically trying to convince her that they should have kids. <laughs> like He's like, okay, if we get married, like that's fine, but I wanna be monogamous and I want children, right? Like that's what he wants. But here's the thing. I have not seen at the time of this recording I have not seen a single reader make any comment about Logan being selfish. So we have here this double standard for what men versus women are allowed to do. Logan is still getting what he wants and needs just as much as Margaret, but no one has said anything about him being selfish. And yet he has basically said outright that he hopes that Margaret will change her mind about having kids. He just wants to fulfill his white picket fence fantasy. So this is the type of double standard that women face every day. And it is so interesting that readers are only viewing Margaret as being the selfish one here. Margaret is grieving. She has lost her only family. She is used to being independent and doing things her own way. And she is now being forced to be around this town that only has bad memories for her. That is a lot to deal with. Why shouldn't she put herself and her needs first? Women should probably do that a lot more often. Margaret is a woman who was prepared to give up her entire inheritance to charitable organizations. This is a woman who convinced her mom that they could have a whole new life together as a preteen because her mother was being ostracized in the small town that was their home. This is a woman who cares about inclusive sizing and sustainable fashion. This is a compassionate woman and she is viewed as selfish. 
Why? Because she wants to create a fashion empire for inclusive sizing? Because she doesn't want to have kids? Because she knows what she wants in a relationship and she's upfront with the men in her life about exactly what it is that she wants? Expressing your wants and needs and putting yourself first does not mean you are a bad person and it doesn't even necessarily make you selfish. Putting yourself first does not need to be at the detriment of others' wants and needs. And this is also where people often get things mixed up. This is a huge part of the reason for why I really love writing selfish women. The world needs more selfish women. And we also need to redefine what we mean by the word selfish. Now, my spouse is a real life cinnamon roll hero. He truly is. He is a real life cinnamon roll hero. And I myself am a youngest sibling. I am used as a person, I am used to being allowed to put myself first. And I want more people to give themselves permission to do that. As with many aspects of the things that I write, there is a reason for it. I've said it before and I will say it again, I want to change the world with the stories that I write. And sometimes, perhaps even most often, changing the world begins with changing our perspectives. It begins with changing ourselves internally. I want more readers to give themselves permission in their own lives to put themselves first and to recognize that putting themselves first doesn't make them a bad person. It doesn't make them selfish and it doesn't even necessarily need to mean that other people won't get what they want or that putting yourself first is at the detriment or the cost of other things. You can get what you want and do good things in the world. These are not mutually exclusive. This is really, really important to me because not only do I see this in everyday life, and not only is this being reflected in these reader comments, but I also see this as a life coach. When I'm not writing novels, I do coaching for clients, oftentimes with solopreneurs, but with people in all different aspects of life. And this is the type of thing that I see come up again and again, where I'm coaching my clients through this idea that, you know, they, they don't want to ask for help. They don't want to put themselves first. They are always putting other people before them. And I see this again and again with my coaching clients and I am in these sessions and we're able to coach them through it, but sometimes it can take a while. Sometimes it can take quite a few sessions because it is so deeply ingrained in them to always put other people before them, to not express their own wants and needs, to not even give themselves permission to identify what they truly want. And because I see this happen so, so often, I want to change that. You are allowed to know what you want, to express what you want, to put yourself first, especially if you are constantly putting others before you, especially if you feel guilty about expressing your wants and needs, especially if you are not allowing yourself to have and be what you want in your own life. So every time a reviewer mentions something about my characters being selfish, 
To be honest, it just makes me want to write more selfish women, to normalize women asking for what they want and need, to normalize women speaking up for themselves and asserting themselves, to normalize women being unapologetic about their drives and their desires. And again, you are absolutely allowed to also have your own opinion on the books that you read. So I encourage you to write any type of review that you want. I think that, again, it's great that readers are mentioning this in their reviews because it really brings up, again, this really, really important point about selfish women. So I am not, you know, this is not to downplay what readers are saying. This is not to be disparaging about reviews. I think it's wonderful that you are reading this novel and having these thoughts and opinions. That's great. It simply highlights that we really need to explore what we are thinking about and meaning when we use this term selfish and really digging into exploring and unpacking that concept of selfishness a little bit further. So there you have it. That is my take on writing selfish women. If you have additional questions about this topic or any other topic that you would like me to address here on Indie Author Weekly, I would love to hear about it. You can submit your topic ideas at saganmorrow.com question. That, my friend, is a wrap for today's episode of Indie Author Weekly. Access the show notes for this episode, including all links at saganmorrow.com podcast. And I would be really, really curious to hear your thoughts on this episode. I'm really curious. I'd love to continue this conversation with you. So please do share your thoughts on Twitter or Instagram and tag me. My handle is at saganlives. Please take two minutes to rate and review Indie Author Weekly on Apple Podcasts, or if you are watching this episode on YouTube, subscribe to my channel and give this video the thumbs up. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you next week for another episode of Indie Author Weekly.